yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranelagh, cold butt of a gun put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm not here to hurt you. A brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time imon irok the yen of chacht erachor. Agus suligam a makan sha gurfeder erachor inuik kiart len of winter fein. Skilti fis turmi. Tashe dochretche nach vetoch ara egornamian on kestchen ekol. Vien talam aginam griv arkar nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Hello and you're welcome to The Big Tech Show with me, Adrian Weckler. Now, how does OpenAI's new text-to-video system, Sora, work? Where does it get its content from? What industries might it kill? And how will we protect ourselves from a whole new level of disinformation? JJ Clark is sitting here with me. JJ, have you seen some of the sample videos from Sora? Yes, so I've seen the video of the stylish woman walking through the Tokyo streets. I've seen the cat moving around. I've seen the uh, monkey playing chess Mm. in the park. Uh, very, very realistic, um, but uh, sort of scarily realistic, but it has that sort of uh, AI movement feel to it. Okay, well, look, let let me, I would disagree with you there. I think it's actually more realistic and, and, and you'd want to be very, very perceptive and very used to spotting AI videos to notice the difference. Let me read you the paragraph because this is a text to video AI system. You input text, a paragraph, a few lines, and you get this ultra-realistic video. Here's the text prompt for that video of the woman walking through Tokyo. The prompt is, a stylish woman walks down a Tokyo street filled with warm, glowing, neon and animated city signage. She wears a black leather jacket, a long red dress and black boots and carries a black purse. She wears sunglasses and red lipstick. She walks confidently and casually. The street is damp and reflective, creating a mirror effect of the colourful lights. Many pedestrians walk about. Now, for anyone listening to this, if you have seen one of the Sora videos, you probably have seen this one. And I'm sorry, this is astonishing. I mean, it's not just good. It's absolutely astonishing what they've done with this. The the realism here, if you were to really pixel peep to your point on that video and you were to focus on her feet, you might see at one or two points her seeming to glide slightly along the street where instead of stepping heavily, 
But my God, yeah, apart I, from that. I mean, it's it's incredibly impressive. Like even with the videos they have on, on their website, they have uh, a flock of paper planes mm. moving through a, a forest or a jungle scape. It's amazing. There is two kind of main players uh, in this space before. There was uh, Pika and there was Stable Video Diffusion, but they, they're being blown out of the water uh, yeah, no, by, the, the, by To be honest, there are a few, but, but this is a different level. Here's the prompt for the cat one, okay? Because this is, I shared this and this is the one I got most reaction to. Prompt. A cat waking up its sleeping owner demanding breakfast. The owner tries to ignore the cat, but the cat tries new tactics. And finally, the owner pulls out a secret stash of treats from under the pillow to hold the cat off a little longer. Now, if you look at this video, it's just... It's mind-blowing. And this is going to kill a lot of industries. If you are in the stock footage industry, stock video footage, you have just seen this and you're either looking for another job or you're having sleepless nights because there is no way that you're in, in, forget about five years, no way in 18 months that you're going to be paying for, you know, generic grandmother at birthday party blowing out candles. You know, if you're home instead senior care, okay, if you're if you're one of those guys and you're looking for video uh, footage, you're not, you can literally input the prompts here. Yeah, and I, I think the job losses are a, a, an area where I suppose there's a, been a lot of attention for it. Mm. But, but it's... It's for me, it's still in that kind of uncanny valley, you know, uh, pixel peeping, as you say, but yeah. but it's very impressive and you, w- you won't pick it up if you're in a rush or if it's, a, you know, uh, on a YouTube video uh, when they're talking about uh, traveling through the desert uh, in a Jeep and th- and that's, that's you know, created by AI Sora, you won't be able to tell the difference. No, I, I mean, or, or if you're if you're making a low budget film and you don't have the budget to, you're talking about a time, that time, you know, in 1987 when, you know, you met in the Sahara Desert or you met in Tokyo or you met somewhere else and you can just input a well-constructed paragraph to recreate up to 60 seconds of that footage. Forget about, you know, going to another country. Forget about going to Iceland or Canada or Northern Ireland or wherever they usually film these things. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you, you're you're getting right into that. Now, look, there's so many questions that this brings up, okay? The, the, the one that a lot of people have focused on is the power of disinformation and how do we know what we see? And we, we've almost uh, sort of already touched on that in our earlier exchange in terms of, you know, can you believe what you're seeing here or would it have the power to, uh, to disrupt? Like, Bear in mind that there are over 50 elections around the world this year, including the US, including the UK. And our own referendum. Can you, and our own referendum. Can you imagine during the Dublin riots if this had been around and someone was able to put in a careful prompt to say, uh, manifest an explosion going off on O'Connell Street. Now, that's actually a bad example because there were, <laughs> the Lewis was on fire on O'Connell Street. But you see where I'm coming from? Yeah, no, no, no. You're, I suppose you're, you're edging the the lit match closer to the, you know, firework uh, that is, you know, the powder keg of, you know, there being civil strife. Mm. If, if you have the right prompt and you're a bad actor, this is this is bad news and, and and it's very concerning in a way because you ask yourself what would what would motivate a civil minded person to go out 
and riot or what would be so distressing? And well, you can put that into video. Sure, it isn't So that's the wrong question in this sense, in the mm. sense that what would motivate a civil person, a civilized person, the people yeah. who ca- cause the trouble in any society? There's never been a society where you don't have, you know, a, a certain amount of people who are angry or who are destructive or as... Um, Alfred in Batman says you just want to watch the world burn when he's talking about Bane. Correct, but you legislate for the middle. You don't legislate mm. for the poles of society. That's right. Now, so in anticipation of that, I'm sure there were long meetings in OpenAI, which, by the way, has a Dublin office. And by the way, that Dublin office is almost solely focused on regulatory, data privacy, legal issues, because it is in Europe where OpenAI is going to run into the most... Uh, scrutiny and potentially difficulties uh, on this. But in advance of all of that, OpenAI have said, well, look, we do have a few framework rules here. It's not going to be allowed um, to be used for things like extreme violence. It's not going to be allowed to mimic celebrities or politicians. It's not going to be used uh, for sexual content, which is that's a whole yeah, industry. Yeah, pornography, you know that's coming down the line anyway. It, it is coming down the line, but they're putting in these guardrails themselves. They're, they're also releasing a tool that will tell you when a video was generated by Sora itself. And th- there are small little watermarks that you can see um, in the corner. Now, they're not very visible. But are, are there workarounds? Like, uh, for instance, we don't Chat ChatGPT, um, when you get it to write it, uh, you know, a specific paragraph, then you can train it to avoid detection. You could just take off the mm. disclaimer piece. Is there, there surely will be a way so, around So, yeah, I mean, and you could at a basic level, there is a watermark on Sora videos and you could simply just crop in to get rid mm. of that watermark. That's one way of doing it. Now, the issue of the, the, one of the other big issues is how on earth is it, you know, getting its content and its its data to train its systems on? Because the, the videos that I mentioned, the one of the cat waking its owner up, the one of the woman walking through Tokyo, that is data. That is footage that is a composite, a very high, very sophisticated composite of an awful lot of other videos that OpenAI has trained its systems on. Now, right. the big question at the moment and the one which involves most lawyers is, what is that content? Where is it from? Who owns that content? Um, like, is that you and me posting videos on TikTok and uh, Instagram uh, and YouTube? And like a square uh, pixel of like the skin on our face was yeah. used uh, in the tapestry that yeah. is uh, the AI image. That, that's worrying, but... Did, did is it RTE? Is it the yeah. Irish Independent? Is, is it, it, it a patch of grass, you know, that you filmed one time and they used that for the green of someone's eyes? You don't know, but like, is it... Didn't they say that it's open source, but it's also mm. publicly available images as well? Yeah, two sources. They, they say this generic term of publicly available content. And then secondly, licensed material from uh, bodies that allow their uh, content to be licensed. Is you that saw, the digital commons, the publicly? It's, I think yeah. I, I would have to imagine it's something like that. So we've had that idea for 20, 30 years that, that you have that system in place. But it's very imperfect. And the reason we know it's imperfect is there is already a long line of lawsuits against OpenAI um, mostly around ChatGPT, it has right. to be said. So the New York Times is suing based on not just uh, not just its articles 
being used as a sort of a crude bed for ChatGPT, but also for actual direct paragraphs, which were which essentially turned up in ChatGPT prompts. So that's a, that's quite a um, uh, that's quite a clear case. But others, like the comedian Sarah Silverman, for example, U.S. comedian, authors like Game of Thrones, George R. R. Martin, Jonathan Franzen, Michael Connolly, um, suing uh, ChatGPT over. Uh, what they believe is is, is Chat OpenAI's systems training on, on their data. Like, for example, you can say into ChatGPT, you can ask it in a prompt, write me a paragraph in the style of Jonathan Franzen, and it will give you a fairly, uh, fairly good representation of that. And Jonathan Franzen is arguing, well, that's not allowed. Um, Getty, a big, Getty big images, image... Yeah. Uh, uh, company, they're suing ChatGPT uh, at the moment, and I think what they're all hoping for is that this ends up in a licensing system, maybe along the same lines as you know, if you run a restaurant or a bar or a radio station and you play content, you play music, you are actually required to pay a a, a copyright fee somewhere down the line. Uh, but for example, is it is the technology the open source AI is is it working uh, not just on the image itself, but it's using the information from ChatGPT that's gleaned from ChatGPT as well. So it informs the sort of the background. So it would say, for instance, in a uh, gold rush town in California, like is depicted on their website in the 1800s, that that, you know, there would be people in a certain type of clothing and that's informed by the information of the chat GPT and then that's put into visual form. Is, is that how it works? Well, the images and the videos, just to preface this by saying that OpenAI, again, are very, very, um, you know, stingy in terms of what they will say about where they get their information. But the images and the video uh, themselves, they have to come from other images and video. Now, um, like it, it's it goes without saying that ChatGPT and the systems that are like that are going to are adjacent to that video uh, composite pro, you know process. So it, it, they are going to work with each other at some point. Yes, but the video and the photos are mainly mainly trained, as far as we know, and according to OpenAI, on other videos. Uh, and, as far uh, as we know. And this te technology, other than being cool and saving sort of video production uh, editors a load of work, what good? Like, what good is it doing for humanity? Granted, uh, you know, ChatGPT had some applications in terms of it, it has answers to, to questions, you know, viable and non-viable. But images, image well, no, creation? No. Well, now hang on. So, well, if you wanted to take, because our natural reaction to this is to look at the potential harm it could do, and it, and it could, and the industries it could knock out. But if you look at the potential applications, they're absolute, the creative applications are absolutely massive for this. So you're talking about, once again, you're talking about a system that can take a paragraph of text that you give it, and you can vary that text in any way and create something, a video from that. Now, it is patently obvious that there are a zillion creative possibilities for that. Maybe you want to make a music video to maybe, maybe like we're in the post Billie Eilish uh, music production era now. You can make uh, a song that will do well in your own bedroom with 
tools that are free or next to free. Maybe you can now also make a music video to go with that. And maybe, you know, maybe that maybe the barriers to creative production in video are now going to zero. Mm, and I mean, that's, I suppose it might be a... Where, where, where the key differentiator is just your imagination. So right. it's not that, well, I have this great idea, but I don't have a budget for these video cameras and this editing software, which I must pay Adobe for, and I must have these Sony cameras, and and I must have somebody who is trained how to use them. They themselves might not be creative, but they are required to like almost like machinists to use them. Now right. that's all cut out. Now it's just you and the pure imagination. Yes, like as in it's a 3D printer for your mind that you can just put in, okay. Ex- except it will work because 3D printing. Well, uh, yeah. well, no, I, I, um, uh, but that that's, I, I suppose it's a philosophical question in mm. uh, do the harms outweigh the goods? And it, when you're talking about like election disruption, mm. That's scary to me, and it's a it's a, a bias that we have when we talk about technology that we're we're all about the fears first of all, and you know the potential downsides, but 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 they are viable, and and mm. you know as in when we look at the applications for this, it, it, it's definitely worrying, and you can see it taking place in the U.S. Uh, with these robocalls. Yeah, so we had an example of that with uh, Joe Biden, for example, and during the primaries, we heard robocalls that were not. Joe Biden, and that was AI, in fact, and it was unbelievably realistic, very, very realistic. So the template is set. Now, it's worth noting that a couple of the biggest tech giants this week at the Munich Security Conference, so Amazon, Google, IBM, Meta, Microsoft, and OpenAI, have all signed this pledge to, quote, step up efforts to stop AI disrupting elections, unquote. Unsurprisingly, there are no specifics uh, with that. But we do know also that the Irish Data Protection uh, Commission, who has, uh, which has two new commissioners starting this week, um, one of them, Dale Sunderland, specifically referenced open AI and AI systems uh, as an area that they would be keeping an eye on this year. We know the Commission Man, which oversees video systems for a good chunk of Europe, will probably be doing the same. So they're, they're the safeguards that we're supposed to have against disinformation and misinformation. But they won't be able to do that in real time. If we're in a scenario where it's 24 hours before a referendum in Ireland and someone puts out a disinformation video purporting to show, say, you know, Taoiseach Leo Varadkar saying something fairly outrageous or provocative or something that would incense one side of the the referendum um, proponents or opponents, then it's going to be very, very difficult to deal with that in and, real time. And just muzzling uh, the, the sort of negative effects of this technology, uh, that kind of we're pledging to step up uh, our like, uh, you know, efforts to, you know, stop this disruptive use of this technology. That is that soft language on purpose? You, you know, that it's, oh, yeah, not, they it's not. Of course, of course it is. They don't want um, to be shackled in any way. The, the, the tech companies, this is the number one area of investment in tech at the moment, is getting more billions than any other area in technology. And it, it goes alongside the semiconductor industry. I mean, Sam Altman 
CEO of OpenAI has spoken potentially of $7 trillion that he'd like to get his hands on to develop essentially uh, chips uh, specifically for AI. So this is where all the money is going at the moment. So they do not want to have specifics on them. So of course... And will he secure that investment? He won't get $7 trillion. I don't think... $7 trillion is about the size, I think... It's around about the size of the US GDP. Uh, he's right. not going to get that in. I, I actually heard uh, someone uh, estimate the amount he would actually need, and it's more like two trillion. So, like that, mm. it was a you know an overestimation. Maybe he's just. Yeah, well, the thing about semiconductors, chip plants, is they take a long time to spin up. From the time you start building one or announce one, it usually takes about five years. That's why in LeakSlip, Intel will always announce uh, a new fab, new fabrication plant. And it's it's not built for three or four years. They take a, a minimum of three or four years. They take a long time and take a lot of money, take machinery, which is, you know, you can barely buy. Um, I had a tour of the new Intel fab uh, a couple of months back and they showcased a bunch of um, machines built in the Netherlands. And I think they cost 100 million each per machine and they had a whole row of them. And the, the the point of these this investment of the seven trillion this impossible number is that they the the current version of uh, OpenAI Sora is the worst version according to Altman that you'll ever see, and that it's going to get progressively better. Uh, this is kind of frightening because you you actually you'll have no as the human eye will just have no recourse when it comes to what am I looking at? How do I know it's real? If if it's the same applied to audio, like yeah. h- how do we discern? I think I actually think there's another industry potentially in creating products and services on that basis. I think what's going to happen is in a few years time, you will have tools, you'll have apps, you'll have filters that will be able to tell you whether something is real or not. I actually think it might even be mandated. So when bodies like Commission Man and the European Commission really get up to speed on this, I think there are going to be very, very strict rules. There could even be liability attached, not just to people who use this technology, but maybe going, reaching, you know, as far into the system as OpenAI itself in terms of its own responsibility of meeting a very strict set of safeguards uh, uh, in in terms of how the technology is being used. It's worth mentioning that OpenAI is not allowing normal people, you and me, to use Sora right now. It's only allowing a tiny bunch of, you know, approved testers use it because it knows very, very well the power for uh, for misuse here. But like, you know, to your point, you're absolutely right. In a couple of years time, we're kind of entering an era now where um, it's just going to be so difficult to tell whether something is 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 fabricated or not. I, I do think it will put a real premium, though, on very earthy, imperfect type footage though. We're already seeing that in social media. Like there's arguably more, if you look at the influencers right, who get paid the most. Yeah, warts and all, weird lighting, um, sitting in a car with an imperfect angle or an unflattering angle, all that sort of stuff. That is seen as more authentic and therefore more interesting right. than a perfectly lit studio with somebody, you know, sitting there with makeup on. And I think Maybe that's where we're heading. That's it, a good sign for where we're heading. Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm just interested in the um, 
I suppose the DPC's role here because Helen Dixon stepping down soon. Well, this week, Monday was her last day. And uh, And she starts, by the way, in the Comrade Telecoms Commissioners the very next day on Tuesday. So she was famous for handing out fines to the likes of Mm. Meta. And so the the idea there was that they're platforms, but they're allowing certain things to take place on their platforms. Here go the fine. Could we see a future in which OpenAI, their technology was used or utilised in some bad action, therefore they get a fine? Could you see that? From the DPC, I'm not sure because that's data protection. So if it was the case, yes, that OpenAI was hoovering up information and data that was personal data and did not get the right consent for it. And this is separate to the copyright process, separate from the lawsuits I mentioned earlier with the New York Times and Sarah Silverman and Getty. If it was hoovering up our data and if that was demonstrably proved, if there's an investigation into OpenAI on that basis, then yes, I could see potentially a very, very hefty fine. And don't forget, in the case of fines, the Irish Data Protection Commission actually is fairly moderate when it actually imposes fines. It has almost always been on review by other data protection authorities that the fine has gone from, say, 100 million up to 1 billion. That's what happened here with the 1.2 billion euro fine on Meta. So I would suspect that core European sensibilities and sensitivities on this will be a lot more uh, strict than, you know, the closer you get to America, maybe the less paranoid or enraged or strict they'll be. I suspect when the Germans and the French really get their claws into this, yeah, you could well see a big fine. Anyway, we best leave it there. I'm sure we'll be coming back to Sora and OpenAI pretty soon. Roy Bones was on sound and JJ Clark produced this episode. JJ, who was talking with me just now. This is Adrian Weckler and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time a mon irukti a yen of chacht erachor. Agus suligam a makan sha gurfeder erachor inuik kiart len of winter fein. Skilti fis turmi. Tashe dochrecha nach vetach ara igornamyan on kestchen ekal. Vien talam aginam griv arkar nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms.